Hello and wherever you are today, the Lord be with you. I'm David Brooke. I'm the hub leader in the Chapelfields Hub Parish of Church Wigan. It's Monday the 1st of June and we, in our reflections, we completed our journey through Acts yesterday, though Neil reminded us that the journey we're on continues. And so we continue our journey through scripture today by beginning a new series of reflections from the Psalms under the banner, Praying with the Psalms, Ancient Wisdom Speaking Today. Each day, the psalm for the reflection will be used at morning prayer on Church Wigan Facebook Live as well, possibly alongside other psalms. Today is the day we remember the visitation of the Virgin Mary to Elizabeth, and the set psalm is Psalm 85. I'm going to read it now. Lord, you were gracious to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the offence of your people and covered all their sins. You laid aside all your fury and turned from your wrathful indignation. Restore us again, O God, our Saviour, and let your anger cease from us. Will you be displeased with us forever? Will you stretch out your wrath from one generation to another? Will you not give us life again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what the Lord God will say, for he shall speak peace to his people and to the faithful, that they turn not again to folly. Truly, his salvation is near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring up from the earth, and righteousness look down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give all that is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and direct his steps in the way. For the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, spend long enough with any psalm, and I always recommend that you spend plenty of time with any psalm, and you will find that sooner or later a shape will emerge out of the mist. To begin with, it might feel like an outpouring of random thoughts and emotions, but a shape will emerge, I promise. And I confess that although the final verses, verses 10 to 13, and especially Verse 10 contains some very well-known and evocative phrases. I didn't know that Psalm, not Psalm 85 especially well, so it took a little while for the shape to emerge for me. But it did. And then the well-known sound bites suddenly had a context. So many of the Psalms are about what is going on for the nation or for the Psalmist. This one contains a lot of that, but the opening and closing verses frame the psalm in talk about the fate of the land. Land that is first of all God's and ours only by gift. Lord, you were gracious to your land, the psalmist declares in opening. The Lord will indeed give all that is good and our land will it yield its increase. That's the heart of the confident closing statement. 
the land and the growth, both come from God. First of all, that reference to the land rather than just the nation is a clue that this isn't a psalm of exile as some are. And more importantly though, talking of God's care for the land evokes a broader concern than a nation. The land is the earth. The land is all that lives and grows in and on that earth. As a term, the land encompasses all who dwell in that place. In fact, the land captures God's desire for the flourishing of the whole of his kingdom of creation, going right back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, when he creates the heaven and earth and begins to fill the earth with good things. There is no nationalism or narrow personal view in Psalm 85. Hold that thought. Against that backdrop, verses 1 to 3 review God's 100% reliable track record of generosity, graciousness, restoration, forgiveness and reconciliation. And at the same time, those verses hint at his people's frankly rather dodgy track record of ingratitude, waywardness and transgression, often in terms of their treatment of the land, their neighbours and the stranger in their midst. Verses 4 to 7 develop the theme that the psalmist has warmed to as he confesses on behalf of a people who have once more turned to folly. They need to be restored again, verse 4. The psalmist worries that they've gone too far this time and God's displeasure is forever, final and irrevocable, in verse 5. Their only hope is that he will give them life again, in verse 6. Obviously, this is a bit of a cycle. And so he turns to his appeal for mercy, verse 7, and his commitment to play his part, in verse 8. If they are once more to know the joy of the Lord, which was referred to in verse 6, they and he must pay renewed and close attention to the wisdom of the Lord, which is the opposite of folly, verse 8 again. Which brings us to those remarkable and beautiful closing verses which reveals some of that wisdom. And verse 9 is key. Truly, says the psalmist, truly God's salvation is near. It is never more than a breath away, as he is never more than a breath away. That nagging fear of God's everlasting coldness, distance and displeasure is simply not the truth. God's desire is for his glory to dwell in the land, the land which was his from the beginning of time. His desire is for its whole flourishing, and we have a part in that. He is just waiting a breath away to make it real. He is the one who brings mercy and truth together perfectly. We find them difficult to keep in balance and we often fall to one side or the other. We err on the side of mercy and let things slide that we shouldn't, or insist on truth, often our truth, not God's truth, and fail to show compassion. But by holding mercy and truth together, we can make a difference, and it can be done. In God, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Verse 10. Holding them together is hard, but it can be done. And it's a beautiful and healing thing when they kiss each other. And so they will in the coming kingdom, which shall be on earth as it is in heaven. Truth shall spring up from the earth, 
and righteousness look down from heaven as that bridge is built in verse 11. But it doesn't have to wait that long. Righteousness and peace kiss each other as we turn outward from our personal concerns or our national concerns or tribal concerns to care for the flourishing of all that God has made. What the writer of Psalm 85 terms the land. For us, that land is focused on Wigan. And if we take this psalm seriously, Wigan is God's land first and our land as his gift. Let me take you back to verse 6. The psalmist's prayer at the close of the first half of the psalm, asking God to give us life again that we may rejoice in him. Surely we want that joy, don't we? And then at the close we have verse 12, not a prayer, but a statement of confidence in God that he will give all that is good and our land will yield its increase. Surely we want to see Wigan yield its increase, don't we? In that case, we'd better share the psalmist's confidence in God. And then it's simple. Our concern must always be for the land, which stands here for God's kingdom on earth, not the nation, which stands here in a sense for God's people on earth, the church, the institution. We must learn from God to keep that balance of mercy and truth, of righteousness and peace, which is at the core of his wisdom for a fair and just society living in harmony with the earth. That's his wisdom for Wigan. And only when we embrace that will we experience for ourselves the truth that salvation is only a breath away. It is near to those who fear him that his glory may dwell in our land. Would you join me in praying as we finish? I'm going to pause, I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to pause at the invocation, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I ask you to pause with me and pray that that might be so in Wigan. So together with disciples of Jesus across this place, throughout Liverpool, this diocese, and around the world, we pray in the words that Jesus taught us and using the version most familiar and comfortable to us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And wherever you are today, may God bless you. Mm -hmm.